You're listening to the Eastside Church Podcast, and we appreciate you joining us. Let's listen in to a message from Pastor Brandon Sharp. Let's go to Psalms 127, Eastside Church. The Lord has a good word for us this morning. Are you ready? It's a little dark in here. Are we going to turn those lights up? That'd be good. Thank you, Lord. Father, give us wisdom and revelation as we open your word. I thank you that the entrance to your word brings light as the lights go up. Perfect. (laughs) Did you guys hear uh, Michael Wallace's word last week? Were you here? Did you listen to it online? It was encouraging. Oh, my goodness. It was an anchor point for us. If you haven't listened to it, listen to it. What he was really honing in on was covenant community and covenant relationships with the family of God. And I really want to continue that this morning. We're going to go to Psalm 127 and read through it. And we're going to talk about how thoughts that seem to be disconnected are not disconnected at all. Are you there? All right, Psalm 127. Our favorite scripture to quote, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain. Who build it? You guys like that one? Yeah, me too. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows. For so he gives his beloved sleep. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward like arrows in the hand of a warrior. So are the children of one's youth. Happy is the man who has a quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but shall speak with their enemies in the gates." Does that all seem like it goes together for you guys? Good. Perfect. Do we believe that God inspired it to go together perfectly? Yes. Morning. <laughs> yes. So let's, let's, let's go through together. And the first thing, the place I really want to start, we're going to kind of take apart the, the first two verses here real quick. Um, This idea of unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who builds it, who build it. Most of the time when we share that, what we're saying is unless God's ordained this thing to be that we're embarking on, it's going to fail. We're not going to have divine grace. We're going to work really, really hard. There's going to be moments of success along the way, but in the end, it will not stand unless God's ordained it. Do you guys agree? Right. So I believe that to be completely true. And what I want to talk about this morning is evidences. We just sang, right? Evidences that God's building with us and we're not building alone. And so to to go through the rest of the first two verses, unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows. And I'll stop there for now. What we see is in our own strength. What this is doing is putting our own efforts apart from the Father and apart from his grace in their place, which is not very impressive. For all we do, for all we watch, for all we guard, for all we build, for how early we get up for you early risers, for how late we stay up, for all the toil we put in, unless God's grace is on what we're doing, it's going to fall apart, okay? So where that, where that leads us to is this, 
this sorrowful place. So to eat the bread of sorrows, what, that, what that's implying is after we work so, so hard, toil so, so hard, keep the head above water, head above water, head above water, that when we finally get there and there is this provision that we've been working so hard for, we can't even enjoy it. Right? Doesn't that sound like life so often? Doesn't that sound like this season that, that we're in, that, that what we've worked so hard to get right in front of us, this place, that when we get there, we're so exhausted, we're so drained, we're so beat down, we can't, we can't even enjoy it. Dinner, dinner tastes bitter, right? That is the idea of this bread of sorrows, this, this toil that unless God's grace and divine blessing and his strength is with us, this is where we are, right? So that next line, so he gives his beloved sleep, I wanna give you three things this morning that, that I believe are anchor points to know, God, you're building with us. We're not laboring in vain. We're not building in vain. And the first one that I'll say is God's provision, right? Because what these first two verses are is not the Lord telling us, don't work hard right? Don't, don't not build. Don't stay up late. Don't not rise up early. Don't, don't not watch. Don't not guard. Like we work. What this is saying is that if we work with him and we build with him, it will stand, right? So this evidence that God is building with us is that the things that we're pouring our lives into, they're not falling apart. Good? Provision is the first. Peace is the second. Peace. I love, I love that Michael Wallace and I don't get together and figure out these sets together and we just sang, trading all my fears for peace of mind. And we just have such a sweet moment with the Lord like that because it's not only building with him and building with him things that sustain and things, don't, things that don't fall apart. It is while we're building, while we're laboring, while we're toiling, while we're pouring out, right? While we're working hard. I believe that hard work is one of the best witnesses to the character and nature of our God that we can give. Hard work, con consistent, steady, focused, driven, hard work, and it's there, and it produces. We see the Lord's production, and it doesn't ruin us in the process, right? There is this building up going on externally, and at the same time, it is not at the cost of a tearing down internally, right? It, I mean, it reminds me of the, the, the letter, wherever it is in the New Testament. I pray that you prosper as your soul prospers, right? Like Paul wasn't okay with this prospering going on on the outside while our soul is ruined. And David says, you're the restorer of my soul. And so we have this idea of our soul being healthy. This is how we know God's with us. Our soul is healthy. We can be mentally healthy. We can be emotionally healthy. We're figuring out this rhythm of life called work and rest, Sabbath. We're in a world that doesn't know how to stop. We're learning how to stop. In a world that doesn't even know what peace might look like, we are a walking demonstration of God's peace. How do we know, Lord? How do we know we're not building alone? How do we know we're just not out here being busy? We see your provision. We see your miracles. We see your signs. We see your wonders. We see the relationships. We see the finances. We see this building going on like you're present in our lives and where you guide, you 
as you provide and we live life and we work hard and we raise families and we have careers, we see that provision with peace as well. And there's this external building and there's this internal building. So you start to see this transition at the end of verse two, that there's this, there's laboring and there's toil. He says it's vanity. Sounds like Solomon, right? Solomon probably wrote it shortly before the temple was built. Sounds like Solomon. There's this place of vanity, except for the beloved. The beloved see the production and the beloved experience the peace of God. So how do we know, Lord, you're building with us? One, provision. Two, peace. Three, children. Isn't that interesting? Doesn't that, doesn't that kind of come out of left field a little bit? This is how you know that God is among you, children. And so, so let's, just, let's just walk through it. This, this evidence, behold, <clears throat> I love that. I mean, that's strong language. Like, like when they came to announce the, the birth of Christ, it's that, it's that kind of word that was used. Behold, this is not light news. Children are a heritage from the Lord. Can I get an amen? amen. <laughs> the fruit of the womb is a reward. Just want you to know, every time I read that, I think a fruit of the loom, and, and the commercial comes to me. So, but I haven't said it yet, I mean, on accident. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. Happy is the man who has a quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but shall speak with their enemies at the gate. I want to... I want to walk through briefly just, just each of these, right? Like, Lord, this is what you, for those of you who don't know, um, Cheryl and I, we have three kids, 11-year-old boy, Jace, and, and 14 and 15-year-old girls, Addison and Reagan. And, and the way that God is speaking of my children here is very much getting my attention because I'm like you, and I can get busy, and I can get tired, and it can get overwhelming, right? My wife is like you. It can get busy and tired and overwhelming and, and daunting and never stop. What do we say? A mother's, a mother's work, never, never done, right? And so we can get to these places pretty easily where we don't mean to, but we express to our children something a little bit differently than what the word of God is saying they are. Children are a heritage, Children are a reward. Children are, are the key to your happiness. Children are like arrows in the hands of a warrior. Children, children do this like speak at the gates thing that we probably don't understand, but we're about to because we're gonna walk through it together. Children are, are a blessing from God. And I would submit this to you, church. Children are, are the greatest evidence of God's blessing in our life. In the natural now, let me, let, me be, let me be careful here because I want to do two things, right? There is, there is no woman in the room that may, may not be able to have children that I want to make feel less loved by God at all. There are many legitimate reasons that, that women cannot be natural mothers and have children of their own, and every one of them heartbreaking. And I'm, I'm, I'm so thankful to the Father that there, there, 
there's still community. I'm still, I'm, I'm so grateful to the Father that there's things like fostering and adoption and, 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 and godparents and, and these kinds of things, right? But it doesn't, it doesn't, numb, doesn't numb the pain. At the same time, we have to look at Scripture for what it clearly says. And in Scripture, particularly in, in, in the Old Testament, children were a strong evidence of God's blessing. It's why we see so many men and women of God in the Scriptures the Lord, think, think about Abraham, like, I'm going to give you the land. You're going you're gonna to inherit. I'm going to make you the father of nations. Your descendants are going to be like the stars of heaven. Lord, my servant is my heir. Right? What's he saying? Where, where, where the, where's the greatest evidence? Right? Where's the greatest evidence that you're with me? Where's the greatest evidence of divine grace and divine blessing on my life, which is my own child? It is, it is so strong in, in, the, in, the, in the scripture, right? In the redemptive theme that is God's word, that children are the evidence of his blessing. Think about Hannah crying out for, for Samuel. Many, many places we could go, right? But all I want you to hear for, for right now is children, children are the heritage. Children are the reward, Right? Children are, are evidence of the blessing. So, so what do we do with what do we do with children or arrows? In the hands of a warrior. Like, come on, come on, you, you church of hunters. Like, what is that arrow to you? Well, if you're if you're going deer hunting or, you know, I don't know, rabbit or squirrels or boars or whatever else you guys hunt with a, with an arrow. <laughs> you can tell I'm I'm certainly one of those hunters, right? It is it's provision. Like this is, this is how you're going to put dinner on the table. And so to look at our children and go, you are, you are, you are, you are provision. You're, you're a blessing, your heritage, your reward. You are provision. What about those arrows in your enemies? You are, you are defense, right? You are, you are my way as father, mother to overcome the enemy, right? And bring them low, what about happy is the man who has a quiver full of them? Quiver being the thing, right, that the arrows go in. And so let's fill that up. And what's implied is the more children, the more happiness, right? You're fuller and fuller. Is that what culture says, y'all? Come on. Right. I'm with you, Christy. That's, that's different than what culture says. As the word of God is every time, at every turn. So, so when culture says... Now, money is the key to happiness. Career is the key to happiness. Your house, your cars, your friends, your clubs, your church. The word of God says, children. I love all of my kids. Those are not all of my kids, but all of my kids are on that back row. To look at them and go, there's the key to my happiness. Right there. There's the key to satisfaction and fullness in life. Amazing, amazing thought. And then he says, of that parent and of those children, you're not gonna be ashamed at the gate. You're gonna speak to your enemies at the gate. Somebody say, what's that mean? Oh, good. I'm glad I'm not the only one, right? This gate 
was the place where business transactions would happen, legal transactions would happen, disputes would be settled. This is as close to the modern day court of law that we're going to get. And so again, and the language in, in the English is not quite as strong, right? If you look at it in some other versions or look it up in some concordances or things like that, what it really means, you're gonna lay, you're gonna lay the enemies low at the gate, right? You're gonna defeat the enemies. You're gonna silence the enemies. It reminds me very much of no weapon formed against you will prosper and every tongue that rises up against you will be defeated, brought low. That's what we see here. And so again, I go, ah, children, heritage, reward, weapons, provisions, defenses, satisfaction, happiness. Incredible, isn't it? And then we go over to Romans 1.20. And Romans 1.20 alludes to this. The eternal Godhead and his invisible attributes, they're made clear by things seen in creation, right? And so that's a very important point in this word that the Lord has for us. Things not seen, invisible truths, which are always greater truths than those we can see. These invisible truths are declared by what we can see in the natural. You guys with me? Did you get it? So, evidence that we're not building alone. God is building with us. His provision, his peace, and children. In a natural sense, even greater in a spiritual sense. This is how we know God is among us. Building working, moving, providing. We're raising spiritual children. Spiritual fathering, spiritual mothering, spiritual children, spiritual grandfathers, spiritual grandmothers, right? There is a spiritual family that is, that is being built up. And I want you to know, church, right? That's where we're gonna spend the rest of our time I want you to know I'm not just pulling this out of one place. Think about Genesis 1, where the Lord says, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, subdue it. That's not just in a natural sense, right? Be, fill, be fruitful and multiply it and fill it with all that you are. And so think of what they were in the physical, but think of their mental and, and emotional and spiritual health and spiritual life. Be fruitful, multiply, fill that, reproduce that. Fill the earth with me says God, right? And so we have it there. And then we have Genesis 18, right around verse 19. Abraham, the father of our faith, the father of nations. And the Lord shows up talking about Sodom and Gomorrah and says, should I hide this from Abraham, my servant? Because I've, I've known him so that he can command his household and his children after, after me, in my way. That, that, that strikes a deep place in me when God says, I've known you for this purpose. Raise up spiritual children of your own and those that I entrust to you. 
So, so spiritual mothering and spiritual fathering is not this, this new concept that our cool church culture is coming up with in this season. It is everywhere. It is, it is the gospel. You know, the Great Commission comes to mind. Make disciples of all nations, not just by doing this, not just by speaking, teaching them to observe everything that I've commanded you. That is a modeling, right? That is, that is let's do life, Danny Brown, right? So you can show me how to follow Jesus through this right here. And I can show you how to follow Jesus through this right here. The modeling is, cannot be overstated. It's what Paul said to the church of Philippi, to the church of Thessalonica, 1 Corinthians 4, right around 15, when he says, you got a lot of teachers, like a thousand teachers, not many fathers. You have one father. I'm your spiritual father. And so it gives the missionary journeys of Paul new light, new understanding to me. Why did he keep on going back to the same places over and over again? Why did he keep on writing letters to the same people over and over again? He's a father. That's how you parent. There has to be this, there has to be this consistency and, and this showing up. And, and, and so what I want you to see is, is this thing of, of mothering and fathering, it's true in the natural. It's true with spiritual mothers and fathers and their spiritual children. It is, it is true of us and God as sons and daughters. All of these things are, are true. It is true between the father and his son, Jesus Christ. All these things are true. And so, and so we can look, right? Like heritage, reward. Think about, think about Ephesians 1. I pray that, that you'd be given a spirit of wisdom and, and revelation and knowledge of him. You would know the hope of your calling and the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. It's his inheritance. That's referenced right there. Now, we certainly have an inheritance in him, but that's not what that's talking about. That's talking about us, his kids, being his inheritance, Right? So we see that and you see, you see us being given authority over the enemy and, and being able to cast out demons and, and, and trample on darkness, right? And bring freedom and do all, it sounds a lot like arrows, right? Sounds a lot like weapons. And you go over to 1 John where it says, the son was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. And you have Colossians saying, he paraded them. He made a public spectacle of them, making them powerless, talking about powers of enemies. So, so we see the arrows. We see the provision piece. Look at the Acts church. Look at how they provided. Look at how they covered. Look at, look at how none lacked. Why do we see that? That's family. That's, that's spiritual mothering, spiritual fathering. Isn't that how you take care of your kids? It's how I take care of my kids. I'll do whatever. I'll do whatever to provide. It's also God's plan for his church. Beautiful. Beautiful. What about the key to, ha the key to happiness? Look at, look at what Paul says to the churches that he fathered. I think Philippi and I think Thessalonica. He says, you're my joy and you're my crown. I love that, right? I, I love that. What he's saying is this, is, this is what I'm the most proud of. This is what brings me the most joy. At the end of the day, this is what means the most to me. Probably very much a part of his, I've run the race. I've kept the faith. This, to getting to the end of life and, and not being full of regrets. It's a spiritual father that said those things, that, that made those statements. And so, 
as I think about this, this relationship, church, between, between what this looks like in the natural and what this looks like in the spirit. The parallels are amazingly beautiful and amazingly challenging, right? And so, so I'll say this out of the gate. If we approach each other as spiritual mothers, spiritual fathers, right? Some of you are younger. So your question today is, Lord, you got a spiritual mother, spiritual father for me? Certainly your own parents are designed to be that right? But, but the community of God is, is, is broad. And I'm continually challenged and encouraged by my kids hearing from you things that they won't hear from me. No offense, y'all, right? Like it's just the Lord's design is bigger than just me. And so, so you think about this and, and I'm not waiting for my children to screw up. Is that okay to say? I sure did. I'm not waiting for my children to fail so I can step out of the relationship on them. Come on, y'all. Do you hear me? Right? Like, like this, this weighing, this, this, I sure, sure hope you live up to my expectation. Sure hope you don't say something wrong because I am ready to bounce. That may be what modern day church has become. That is not spiritual fathering and mothering. Right? I'm going, I'm going, when you succeed, I love it. And when you fail, I'm heartbroken. Let's talk about how you can succeed from here. That's right. I'm teaching, I'm gentle, I'm patient, I'm lifelong. I understand that this is going to take a sacrifice. This is not going to be a clean process. Parenting never is. And so we go into it with this expectation that's, that's realistic, right? Like, what does every good marriage counselor say? Like, have realistic expectations. Well, it's the same with, with, with fathering and mothering. Here's the second thing I'll say. You did not become a parent accidentally. <laughs> there come the chuckles, right? Yes, you may have been surprised. Congratulations, you're pregnant. <laughs> but when that came... When that came, you said, I'm going to raise this, I'm going to raise this baby, right? Even if it looked daunting and listen, I'm not, I'm not naive enough to know when I say that, that there may be some of us in the room that made a different decision. God is the healer of the brokenhearted. There is a reunion coming where all things will be made new. But there was an intentional decision to say, I'm gonna raise this baby. I'm gonna love this baby. I'm gonna pour my life out for this baby. We are gonna do life together and I'm gonna do everything within my power to parent well, love well, raise them to know the Lord and be successful in life. Intentional. So here's what I'll say. You don't stumble into natural parenting. We will not stumble into spiritual parenting. It is not going to surprise you. It is not going to overtake you. It's probably not going to knock on your door and beg you to come out and play. And me neither. We have to get vision that this is the heart of God. And this is what he's done for you and me. And we would not be who we are today without spiritual mothers and fathers. And then we have to go looking for what God says. This is how you know. 
This is how you know. Kids being raised up, right? This is, this is, this is, this is the evidence. And so it is this place of, of, of knowing that it's got to be intentional, right? It, it is this place of, of knowing that it's got to be lifelong. It's, it's got to be, it's, it's going to be messy, right? There is, there is a very important aspect to, to this. In the natural, when a, when a, when a, a mother particularly, right? And we see fathers stepping out on kids today in our culture like we've never seen it, right? So it is mothers and fathers, but particularly with something like abortion or, or a child going into a foster care system. And you go, you go, what happened? How'd we, how'd we get there, right? And, and a mother, a father, or both, was not willing to give what was needed to raise that child. Or a mother or a father or both was not able to give what was needed to raise that child. One of the reasons I think it's so important, church, when we're talking about spiritual mothering and spiritual fathering, to set the expectation out there it will be the greatest joy of your life and the most amount of work, right? And the dirtiest and the most messy. And it will require everything from you. We know that. This is parenting. And sometimes when they're, they're not prepared in the natural, that relationship can be severed. That relationship can be damaged. And if we don't understand that and we don't have that going in, in the spirit, it will be the same, and just like there's fostering and there's adoption and there's, there's people that are wonderful and amazing and called by God to step in and raise that child, it's all true in the spirit. And so some of those God's calling us to mother and father, they were born right here, naturally and spiritually. They were born right here, but, but some will come to us from other places and maybe they're coming from a healthy family and they can just step right in and fit right into our routines and our culture and all these things. Maybe they're coming from the most hellish of places and modeling, coming to us fragile, coming to us in culture shock. And the Lord is saying, I chose you. I've entrusted this child to you. Be a spiritual mother to them. Be a spiritual father to them. You know, I've always appreciated and struggled a little bit with the words of Jesus when he says, anyone who looks back, anyone who puts their hand in the plow and looks back, they're not worthy of me, right? Anyone who loves mother, father, sister, brother more than me, they're not worthy of me. You better count the cost before you, you follow me. If anyone starts to build the tire gets, tower, gets halfway through and doesn't have what it takes to finish, he'll be mocked by all. And I go, oh, Lord, such, glad to know I'm not the only one who speaks harshly at times. Like, that is, that's strong. Why do you demand all? Why do you require all? And I certainly think it is because he is worthy of all and he has given all but I'm I'm gaining an appreciation for a major third piece of that answer and that is the mission of parenting 
there is no other way to approach it. You guys hear what I said? Lord, why? Why do you require all? Why can't I be wishy-washy? Why can't I dip my toes in the water and just feel this thing out a little bit and make sure it's good? Because you don't approach a child that way. Can't afford for you to be in for six months and, and then out. There is a human being in the balance. There is a spirit being in the balance with call and destiny, loved by God, created by God. You, you require all because it's the only way to parent. And parenting is the call. What an invitation. Oh my goodness. That is beautiful. And the Lord is not afraid to invite us into it and tell us at the same time, just like parenting in the natural will demand all of you, parenting in the spirit certainly will also. Right? You guys can stand. My dad wrote some, wrote some words of wisdom to me about a decade or so ago, and I won't share them all with you. There's, it's very personal. But the last couple of lines of this letter, he talks about how he was headed to his 40th high school reunion as he was writing. And he said, I won't be the, I won't be the most popular person there. I won't be the most successful person there. I won't be the richest or the wisest person there but there will be no one in the room more proud of his children, their spouses, and his grandchildren than I am. And then he said this, they are my legacy. They're what I leave the world. And now that I have a boy and two girls of my own that are growing up way too fast. I go, golly, Dad, you nailed it. There is such truth in those words. In the natural, there's, there's nothing greater. I'll leave, leave this world than Addison, Reagan, and Chase. They are my legacy, my crowning achievement in life. And I think what the Lord would have us connect with today, church, if you don't hear anything else, hear this. As true as that is in the natural, it is more true in the spirit. Your spiritual children, my spiritual children that will leave this world, That's real legacy. It doesn't get any better than that. Alex, it makes me think of something you said often that when you stand before the Lord, you, you won't be surprised if he says to you, who'd you bring with you? And I've always heard that statement differently than I'll ever hear it. Moving forward, it's always been to me, who'd you help get in? And I should know better than that because getting in is not the goal. Knowing him is the goal. And so now I think it might look more like this. Alex, 
Show me your family. Show me your spiritual sons and daughters. Liz, Cheryl, Brandon, Laura, Mackenzie. Show me your family. Show me the spiritual sons and daughters you poured your life out for. Being about the Father's business is taking on whole new meaning. And it's beautiful. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for the Father you are to us. God, the Father and the Mother, really. How you correct, how you teach, how you rebuke, how you nurture, how you sustain, how you sacrifice, how you call, how you equip, how you never stop believing. How your every plan is good, God. How you're always and forever a present help in time of need. I pray that we would learn from our Heavenly Father how to be devoted spiritual fathers and mothers to the orphan crisis in the natural and to the orphan crisis in the spirit, God. May we just not talk about the answer or talk about how bleak the problem is, Father. I pray that this church, this group of people would say, I'm going to be a part of the solution. I'm going to find someone who needs a spiritual mama, spiritual daddy, and I'm going to raise some kids for your glory, God. Give us that heart. Show us, Father. Show us, Father. Show us who they are, God. And when you do, as you do, God, there will be a yes in this heart because when the day is done, nothing else will matter. Your children, we trust you there. We need grace right here, God. Come move in power right here, Father, for your glory in Jesus' name. Thanks for joining us today for our podcast. Eastside Church exists to help people encounter Jesus, be equipped to grow and engage their community. For more information, please go to our website at eastsidechurch.co.